Hey guys, welcome to the show. It's Saturday, May 8th. I hope you're looking forward to today's episode. We're going to be getting started in just a minute, but I want to give a shameless plug for my YouTube channel. I just created a video that you may want to you may want to check out. Just go to YouTube and type in broke at 40 with a 40 with Evan Thomas and it should come up. So go out there and like my videos and subscribe. I'm in the beginning stages of creating YouTube videos, so it'll be a long journey, I'm sure just like building wealth is, but you might want to go, you may want to go out there and check it out. I would really appreciate it. Just go look at that video because I did produce one that said, I see broke people everywhere, which could be true in some neighborhoods, but yeah, not in the one that I'm walking in <laughs> just a few minutes ago around my house. So um, stay tuned, everybody. Go check that out. And the podcast starts right now. Hey, before we start our episode, always remember if you don't want to be broke at 40 like I was, or if you are broke at 40, stay tuned on a weekly basis where I explore the basics of personal finance and more importantly, the behaviors that can bring you from broke to brilliance, whatever you think brilliance may be. And as always, this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult with a financial advisor if necessary. My name is Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode where I'm going to be talking about do I believe in the 4% rule? But before I get started, I want to take just a couple minutes and talk about what the 4% rule is. So as I know, many of my listeners, you guys are in your 40s, maybe you're a little bit older. Maybe you found my podcast by going through Apple Podcasts and it may have popped up and you're thinking to yourself, you're a later in life saver. You're learning about investing. You want to make the right decisions as you move forward. So you found the podcast and I'm really happy that you guys are here. And I know I have new listeners coming in all the time. So I appreciate you being with us. And I think that people that are later in life saving money, like I was when I was broke at 40 in 2006, I think we have special needs. And those needs then dictate what we potentially believe in as we move forward towards financial independence. And this whole topic of the 4% rule, in my opinion, and in my life, really comes into play. And so I want to give you what my thoughts are. So before doing that, though, I do want to mention what the 4% rule is. So if you're new to financial independence, you may have heard, or maybe not, but you may have read some blogs like Mr. Money Mustache, Pete Adney has a very famous article about the 4% rule. It really essentially says that we could, once we get to retirement, and by the way, I want to pause and just say that a lot of times I share things with you guys, which are things to do ready now that we really have to do and look at our financial lives for this particular year. And we also then have to think into the future and have things on our radar. So I like to refer that to that as ready now. Those are my tasks I have to do in order to be successful with money right now. But there are things that I always have on my radar. And I've been doing this for 15 years where I always think into the future of when I get to retirement, whatever age that is. And I'll talk more about that for me. But we have to have things on our radar. 
because we need to position ourselves with information so that we can then make the right decision. So just to circle back to this then, the 4% rule back when I was first learning about personal finance, I, I wanted to know what that was. So there was a study, I believe it's called the Trinity study many, many years ago, that said that you could take 4% of your money from your accounts and then adjust that amount each year by the rate of inflation. So for example, you guys know by listening to the Broke at 40 podcast that for me, I've got a million dollar um, investments right now. My net worth is 1.2 million because I have some equity in my condo, obviously. But the investments that I have right now is 1 million. So if you withdraw 4%, that would be $40,000 in your first year. The next year, if inflation was, let's say, 3%, you could then withdraw about $41,000, which is the 40,000 plus 3%. If inflation was 3% in the third year, then you would take 42,000, et cetera, right? So that research, by the way, the Trinity study was also based on a 50% stock to bond ratio. So you guys may, may know by listening to the podcast that I'm at about 60-40, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. So this said, even more conservative, that you could have a 50% stocks and 40%, I'm sorry, 50% stocks and 50% bonds. So that's exactly essentially what it means. So as you guys are going through your financial journey and you're starting to acquire lots of money that you're putting into your engine that I talk about all the time, you want to be thinking about this 4% rule, and if it applies maybe to your situation. Now get to my thoughts on what I believe a little bit later. I also want to say that the 4% withdrawal rate could be less risky if we, as savers late in life, if we can get some type of guaranteed income to pay potentially our living expenses. So things like social security, or maybe some of you may have a pension or maybe even annuities, although I'm not real fond of annuities, but I'm starting to research that as a potential. Um, so if we have these guaranteed sources of income, once you stop working, then that could mean that this 4% rule could be less risky and may apply for your situation. So I also know, and if you do a simple Google search, you know, if you're doing some research on the withdrawal rates and things like that, which I've done in the past, there's a lot of controversy about this 4% rule, especially as it relates to the FIRE community, financially independent, retire early. So for those of you that are doing really great and you're in your 30s and you're getting to 40 and maybe you're going to be retire, retiring because you're in your 40s, you're probably not listening to the Broke at 40 podcast, however, if that applies to you, maybe. <laughs> but most of us are in our 40s or maybe our 50s that are listening to this show. And that would mean then, in my opinion, that the 4% rule would be highly applicable to us or maybe more to our advantage because we are older and we are not younger. So the younger you are, the more time horizon you have for that money to fund your life. So just a quick example, if you decide to retire with a million dollars at age 40, 
you would have to be thinking about potentially 40 to 50 years into the future that that money needs to last, then the 4% rule may not be as successful as it was if you retired and started pulling from those investments at age 65, for example, right? So that's 25 years later. And in fact, the Trinity study did say that it was a near 100% probability that the money would last for those people traditionally retiring at age 65. So for those of you listening, if you're 40 and you're going towards your journey of financial independence, and if you're thinking to yourself, well, you really don't want to retire until about 65, which again is that traditional age, then yeah, keep going because this 4% rule, I guess in my opinion, and probably others as well, would be highly applicable to you because why? You would be also maybe subsidizing the need that you would have for that particular month and that particular year could be reduced because you could have guaranteed income that I've already talked about, like social security. Maybe some of you have pensions, probably not, but if you did, then that could help subsidize the withdrawal rate as well. So you might be thinking then, what does Evan believe as it relates to the 4% rule. So for myself, and again, you guys know I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a money coach talking on the internet on a Broke at 40 podcast. And so I would like to approach this from what I think being the age that I am, as you guys know, I'm 55 years old. And you know, over the past 15 years, I've been building my financial future. So take this with a grain of salt. I may change my thought process, but right now what I'm thinking is, yes, I definitely believe for me that the 4% rule could really apply. Even if I decide to stop working at age 55, oh no, I'm sorry, 58 or 60, which is about five years prior to you know the Trinity study, which said most 100% success rates are if you stop working at age 65. But I have some caveats and things to talk through because, you know, if I do retire early, as you guys know, I'd have to fund my own health care, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars per year or whatever it's going to be. I'm going to start doing some of that research. And in fact, I'd like to tell you that I did have an appointment with Vanguard. Many of you know by listening to my past episodes that I have most of my investments with Vanguard. So a lot of us in the financial independent community really like Vanguard, <laughs> um, the S&P 500 stock funds and such ETFs and things that are very, um, you know, ride the waves of most of the largest companies in the country and the world, actually. So I had an appointment because I was interested in, and I'm still interested in, Vanguard's advisory services. It's something I've toyed around with for quite a while. Um, I've contacted them two years ago. I spoke with a, uh, one of their advisors about would I need their services going forward. And for me, because I am such a great saver, and I hope that all of you guys are going to be great savers as well, if you're not so already, um, that's just something I'm good at, as you know, and I can invest in these index funds. So for many years over the past 15 years, I would look in the mirror and say, you're the best financial advisor, Evan. 
So I never felt like I really needed somebody to help with me on the accumulation phase. And I still don't think I need too much help, but I am getting to that point where I just had this appointment with the folks at Vanguard. And by the way, I will share with you what they charge for their advisory services. I think it's roughly like a 0.003 of your investments with them. Now, even though I have a million dollars in investments, I only have a Roth IRA and a taxable account directly with them. I have other money with Vanguard through Lincoln Financial, but they would be charging me an annual fee only on the money I have in my taxable account and my Roth IRA. So I just want to make that distinction. So when I was talking to Vanguard, to the financial advisor, and you know, wondering if I'm a good fit for their advisory services. We did a couple little mathematical equations here, and I have a few uh, notes here that says it would be about like $900 to $1,000 per year because, again, they'd only be charging that 0.003 on, again, those two vehicles, which are directly with Vanguard. Although they can still talk to me about the outside investments that I have online with them, you just plug in the numbers of the number of shares through Lincoln, it all looks at it collectively, he said, of which of course I, I figured as much <laughs> for my asset allocation. So it looks at all of it. But that made me feel better, like maybe paying $900 to $1,000 per year for some guidance later in my investment journey might be a really good idea. Now, when I talked to them two years ago, they said, nope, just stay the course. I probably shared that with you in an episode previously. And I did, though, have it on my radar <laughs> for in the future. And so here we are two years later. And if I am going to be segueing into passion projects like this podcast and making it a business if I can, and maybe quitting my W-2 job in several years, I want to make the most of those three to four years as I possibly can. So I'm highly considering, you know, signing up for their services, which he said I could stop at any time. But I'm going to explore that. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to do it quite yet. I probably will, because as I've shared with you guys before, yeah, I'm really good at saving and investing, you know, staying the course. I'm not so good at understanding the distribution phases which I may have also shared with you before. So, you know, which investments do you tap first in retirement? Dividends going into your checking account. Like, how does all that work? I need help with somebody to share that with me. And for all of you listening, most likely, if you're still on your journey and you're in your 40s, it should be on your radar and something you're learning, which is great, but not something you have to deal with quite yet. So stay the course, um, but, you know, listen to things that people like myself are doing. And, and then you can see if that resonates with you as well. So to get back to um, the whole discussion of if I feel like I believe in the 4% rule, I want to reiterate that, that yes, because again, we're late in life savers, right? So for us, you know, getting to age, you know, 58 or 60, when I start withdrawing the money, yeah, that makes me feel confident because it could go 30 years and that would put me at, you know, 90 years old. So, so I'm good with that. But one of my strategies, and I think I've shared with this with you on a previous episode, is the bucket strategy. I'm very, very interested in hearing more from the folks at Vanguard if they're going to be advising me a little bit on things that I can do. I want to learn more about 
bucket strategy, having cash on side, on the side. So if we do go into a bear market, which as you guys know, we could very well be doing. We've been on this bull market, as you know, for years. So having money on the side, you know, to fund your living expenses for two to three to four years is highly advisable. So you're not selling the shares, as you know, within the investment vehicle. So that is very attractive to me as well. And as I move forward, then they'll probably guide me and say, you know what, maybe you don't continue to put, you know, the $62,000 that I'm investing every year into my Roth IRA and my retirement account. Maybe they'll say something like start building these buckets up over the next three years, which that's going to be a total mind shift for me. So I'm really curious to see what they say. And I'll share with you what they say. But to put money in cash is just something that isn't, you know, I, I'm not really of the mindset of, of doing that. But again, I'm getting to the point, and you will too, in your investment journey, where you have to start making really, really smart choices towards the last several years. Now, the other thing I can say is not only do I believe in this bucket strategy of potentially putting money on the side to use if we go through a bear market, but also I want to go into this as I go into a part-time working potentially. Remember, let me anchor back to what I said on Wednesday the 4% versus a 2% withdrawal rate is huge. It's huge. It's so huge. I can't even tell you, right? In other words, if I have that million dollars, and we'll just keep the numbers simple, um, you know, by the time we get to several years into the future, I could have 1.3 or 1.4 million potentially, unless we go into the bear market, but it'll probably come back up. I'll talk in a minute about sequence of returns here, but the let's just keep the math simple and say if it's a million, okay, 40 grand. I said earlier in this episode that would be the four percent rule. But if you have passion projects, if a podcast that I create could eventually maybe earn just twenty thousand dollars a year, which is nothing, right? Or if I had a part time job doing something to subsidize the four percent, is so huge in your journey towards financial independence and then in the distribution phase, because that is a serious reduction of how much money you would need, which means what? The money can stay in the investments longer and is going to last so many more years. So for those of you that are concerned about you know, that number, um, and if you're not in the million dollar range, if you're just going to retire maybe with 700,000 or something like that, that's when you start thinking like, uh-oh, these percentages, you know, I'm kind of close to that um, area where um, I have to be thinking more about the 4% rule. For those of you that are going to have 10 or 20 million, you're not going to be worried about that. Of course, you're probably not listening to the podcast. But anyway, to take $20,000, a 2% off the million is so amazing because then I could take 20,000 from a passion project, a side job, any type of other type of um, income that I may be able to generate is going to seriously offset that. So it's such a huge thing. So a 2% withdrawal rate, oh my gosh, that would be no doubt, right? That that would be successful in generating income over the next X amount of years. So one thing going into this is 
having the flexibility really is most important. The, you know, as you, again, this is on your radar, <laughs> but for me, this is coming up as a short-term radar situation here, potentially, right? Where I'm going to be thinking over the next three years about how do I make the best use of this um, information about the 4% rule. So that is, I think, pretty important. So for you guys, it's in your radar in the future. For me, it's coming up. So something I have to start thinking about. So I also want to say a minute ago, I said sequence re of returns is important. And I first learned about sequence of returns from Tony Robbins' book, The Money Game, I think it was called. I forget. Just Google it. And, you know, he has a book, maybe The Money Masters, something like that. He has a couple books out on money, I think, which are amazing. Um, but for those of you interested in that, go ahead and Google it. And I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. But he interviewed some of the top minds in personal finance with, I think Vanguard was in there, other companies, and they all shared their insights into how people can save money over time. And it was there that I remember there was a diagram in the book about the sequence of returns. And what that means, everybody, is that when you stop working, what environment we're in, whether it's a bull market where stocks are going up and up and up over the next five to 10 years, or if it's a bear market where we're at the top of the market, and then potentially it could be going down for several years, like it did through the Great Recession. Are you following me? So for those people that are going to be stopping working at a certain point, we cannot control where we are in the horizon of the sequence of returns. It's luck, right? Or it's bad luck, <laughs> whichever way you look at it. Because if people retired at the point when the market was going up during a bull market, like in 2009, 10, and 11, then just think about the past 10 years, we've been on an upward trajectory. So if they wanted to take money out, then there was really no question about if they could take 4% if in that year they were making 8% on their money. So that was always a great thing, right? But as you know, if it's a downward trajectory of the market, then that could be problematic, which I've talked about this before. So who knows where things will be when I'm age 58 in three years? I don't know. It almost makes me hope that the bear market happens now so it can start that upward trajectory in a couple years and three years or whatever, so that then I'll know, okay, great. Then, you know, I can take the 4% off. But regardless, you know, for those of you, again, listening, you have a long way to go. If you're in your 40s, this is just something you should have on your radar. But I think the secret to this really, and to close out this episode is for me, does Evan believe in the 4% rule for my situation where I'm at right now, because I did get to the million dollars right now, and it may be more in a few years than for me, yes. If I had only had $500,000 right now, then I might be thinking, no, if I want to retire in a few years, right? So everybody has to think about their own situation, obviously. So for me, to close this out then, does Evan believe in the 4% rule for my situation that you guys have grown to know, 
over the past year, where I'm at financially, how minimal my expenses are, guys. Remember, 17,000 of expenses, 6,000 per year for fun money, perhaps, 7,000 for health care if I stop before age, you know, um, 65, which I'm, I really plan on doing. <laughs> so I have to build that into there, but my expenses are really, really, really so low. And that's why I encourage all of you listening to keep your expenses low. Where did I hear just recently that they were talking about that? That our success rate, our positioning of ourselves for success in the future really has more to do with keeping our expenses low than trying to chase high returns. It is so true. So I've talked about it before. You have to believe it to achieve it. And if you keep your expenses low, then your probability of success is going to be greater. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I do believe that for me, I'm going to believe in the 4% rule first and foremost, but I'm going to remain flexible. I'm going to have those bucket strategies. I'll take 3% here. And I'm always going to consider what's going on in that year and make that decision. So the final thought I have is, yeah, keep that flexibility. Nobody has to say this is set in stone. You don't want to go into your distribution phase of your life or even your accumulation phase of your life thinking that one, you know, one thing fits all because it's just not true. You're passionate about money right now. I know you are because you're listening to the Broken 40 podcast. You're going to continue on into your future like I am, and you're going to get to the point where you're nearing your distribution phase, and you're still going to be looking at your money every single month, every single year, and making those decisions and maintaining that flexibility because that's what got you to the point to where you will be where you can finally say to yourself that you are financially independent. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to leave you like I always leave you. I want you to make it your mission to walk with me to wealth. I appreciate you. I believe in you. And I congratulate you for every step of the way. that's going to do it for another episode, everybody. Hey, I've got a favor. If you've got a friend that's struggling financially at any age, please share this episode with them. Let them know that I went from broke to a million dollar net worth in just about 14 years. And if I can do it, anybody can. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. What do I always say? It's okay to be broke at 40. It really is, but not at 50 or 55 now that you found us you can change your financial destiny. I'm Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast.